Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell, documentary filmmaker, churn podcaster. And I'm Sal Rodriguez, comedian and toy collector. Very nice. It's good to be back. This is episode six, Quiver, 8.7 rating on IMDb. And a pretty good episode, I might add. And we learned something right off the bat about the definition of the word quiver. We know like arrows in a quiver or shivering from the cold quiver. Right. But we learn that quiver is also a group of cobras. Correct. Never knew that before. The episode begins with one of my favorite things from the 80s, a Sony Walkman. Mm -hmm. And not just any Sony Walkman. This is the FM AM Auto Reverse Walkman. I think I had one of those. I believe we all had one of those. By the way, I always preferred cassettes. I was in high school when CDs started coming out, and my friend Albert, my best friend at the time, was into collecting CDs, which were new, and I was still about the cassettes, so we would go out and get music. We wouldn't buy it, but that's another story. And he was all about the CDs, and I'm still getting cassettes. So this was that in-between where CDs were coming in and cassettes were going out, but I've always been about cassettes. Unfortunately, in high school, I should have gotten the CDs, but instead I was still into the cassettes. After high school, I had all these old cassettes I still needed to get rid of. Well, I'm a couple years older than you, so I was into 8-tracks. Whoa. No, I'm just kidding. I was really kidding. (laughs) I was young when 8-tracks happened. I was into cassettes as well, but my father was really into this incredible stereo system that he had put together. And what he taught me to do was go buy the record. So I would go to Sound Warehouse in Oklahoma, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I would get like my Hall & Oates records or my Jake Isles band and go home and then create my own tapes, which also had me creating my own mixtapes at a young age. Did you give those to any girls? I tried to. (laughs) But there's something so satisfying about the sound of that cassette popping into the Walkman, and then you close the lid, that today's MP3 players or iPhones, just you don't get that satisfaction. Well, I think even one step further, the needle on the record. Oh. But it's a huge investment. My father has thousands of records to this day. And if you move, forget about it. Yeah. I downsized years ago and got rid of all my CDs, have gone straight digital. Wait, did you digitize all your music? Oh, yes. I tried to digitize my music. It was so tedious. I probably stopped after about 20 or 30 CDs. Yeah, you didn't make it very far. (laughs) No. Unless your collection's of 30. But back when your dad was collecting albums, that was back when the home stereo was a piece. Well, that was it. Yeah. It was a fixture in our house. It was practically a piece of furniture. Yeah, that was a different time. But anyway, I appreciated seeing this Walkman in Johnny's hands, and he puts on a great song from the 80s, Boston's Don't Look Back. Okay. I was going to ask you who that was. I know they sounded familiar. And so he's riding his bike. It's 1979. He's living in the Encino Hills. And it's kind of an homage to the opening of Caddyshack. If you remember that film that Danny Noonan's going through the nice neighborhood on the way to work. And he's also wearing a red shirt. I was reminiscent of that. So I'm sure that that had something to do with the style. But where does he wind up, Sal? He is on his bicycle, riding around, stumbles upon the original cobra kai dojo he also notices a couple of motorcycles so that's probably when he develops his love of motorcycles correct in that moment as well in fact now that i think about it i don't know why he doesn't have a motorcycle today good point but yeah young johnny listening to his walkman looks inside sees crease teaching the class and that's when you realize is young johnny introduced to the original cobra kai a pivotal 
historical moment. Great scene. And obviously that does become his future. And they don't really show Crease. It's Crease's voice. And there's like the back shot of him. Because yeah. this is going way back in time. And there's lots of students. They're lined up. Yeah. So Cobra Kai is already a hit in the valley. In fact, I wonder who was the Johnny of Cobra Kai at that time. There's so many avenues that you can explore here. Totally. Who's winning the All Valley 18 back then? Yeah. These are prequels. They can go so many places with this. So essentially, who is the bully of the early 1980s, pre-Johnny? Well, that's an interesting point. I mean, in the original Karate Kid, weren't they fighting over Ali originally? Did Cobra Kai really go around bullying people? Or was it particularly Danny LaRusso who they were after? There probably was another Johnny at some point in time. And maybe or maybe not they were bullies. But if anything ever came up, they would be a pack of Cobras. They would be a quiver. A quiver. So I'm sure it happened, especially with Kreese's leadership. Yeah, his personality, he's the kind of person that would kind of endorse and encourage bullying. Absolutely. So now we cut to Johnny, who's about to face his students for the first time. Well, this is where you also see the difference in who the students are present-day Cobra Kai versus who the students were back when Johnny discovered Cobra Kai. You're right. This is a series of misfits. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't he call them nerds and geeks? Yeah. Johnny comes in like a drill sergeant out of full metal jacket. Yeah. Belittling all of his underlings and taking shots at them to see what they can handle. Bullying them, essentially. I think we're learning, though, that he's doing this to toughen them up. That's the idea. Yes. He wants to toughen them up. But in the process, he loses some people. He's also learning his way. He's never taught before. Yeah. Besides Miguel. And he was taught by Kreese. Mm-hmm. So although he's not Crease, we know he's got more of a genuine heart. He's not growing into becoming a sensei yet. Yeah. Nobody taught him how to be a sensei. And he probably didn't have the greatest father, which we come to find out. And we alluded to in earlier episodes with his older stepfather played by Ed Asner. All right. So now we see in the mix of all of these other students, Dimitri and Eli. Yeah. Well, they joined because they saw their buddy Miguel kick so much ass in the video. Totally. Yeah, so that was their inspiration. Well, Dimitri is like one foot in, one foot out. Where Eli seems a little more open to it. In fact, they go through a little thing like, why are we here, right? Particularly Dimitri, right? Yes. I kind of like his personality, though. He's very sarcastic. Yes. So Johnny's sizing everyone up, takes some cheap shots. Like, I feel like a virgin looking at one of his students. Another one, he makes fun of a fat guy with a funny shirt with his tits popping out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Johnny's got some pretty good one-liners. Yeah, he is pretty funny. And so now we intercut this with Daniel, who is training in his dojo. Well, it's sort of a counterbalance, as you mentioned, I think, on the last episode, is that we have Johnny with students, and we see Daniel sort of kind of trying to get some students, you know, unofficially. Yeah. He wants to teach somebody karate. He wants to take somebody under his wing nobody's taking the bait. It's an ongoing thing this whole episode is Daniel's recruitment to have someone in his dojo. So now Sam is online searching Miguel and an image pops up. And what is on this image? (laughs) That's that's the picture of the girl with like 10 hot dogs in her mouth. Poor taste. Yeah. Because it's all based on a lie. It's all based on the lie that she gave Kyler a blowjob at the movie theater, which is not true. And after he was beaten up in front of everybody, along with his other buddies, you would have thought this rumor would have died. If anything, he's probably trying to make it stronger. I think this probably came from Yasmin and company. Oh, I hate those girls. (laughs) 
I mean, we'll see if they do some sort of character arc, but they're pretty much horrible people. Very reminiscent of the movie Mean Girls or Heathers. Yes. Okay, so Daniel enters and asks Sam back into the dojo, and she's like, I haven't done that since I was eight. Then he mentions, and we learn, that she's got a foot of fury. Which yes. Which might be some foreshadowing. That might be foreshadowing. Yes, yeah, she has quite a kick, which we know her father has a kick from the car dealership Boba scene. Or the crane. Or hello, the original crane and karate kid. Yeah, so her father has kicks. The bloodline is strong with these two. And so, then Daniel tries to get his wife to do karate. Yeah, that's right. So Daniel takes this defeat on the chin, asks Amanda if she wants to practice karate, and then we learn that the last time they rolled around on the karate mat, mm-hmm. Anthony happened. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. Yeah. That's, so, that's where that training Anthony session is went. their 10-year-old son, 11-year-old son, somewhere in that range. So he's strike two. Daniel yeah. cannot recruit anyone for his practicing, which leads us to him asking Anthony mm. and again, no. denied. I could have told him. Anthony's no. playing like a karate game <laughs> yeah. on his phone, but has zero interest in learning actual karate. Yeah. So strike three, Daniel has failed with the entire family. None of them want to practice karate. No. So now we cut to Robbie and he has his brand new LaRusso auto shirt and he's getting ready for his first day on the job. He's looking pretty sharp. It looks pretty good. Yeah. And who shows up but his hooligan friends. They come right in. They start eating the cereal and they want to invite him to go rip off an Amazon truck. Right. right. That was their plan. Who are these guys? Yeah. Punk kids. So we learn why Robbie is taking this job and it's to upset his father, Johnny, to work for his arch nemesis, Daniel. It goes back to jealousy, right? Because he was jealous of Johnny giving a hug to Miguel. That tender moment, he was jealous. So now he's doing something to make his father jealous, or he thinks will make his father jealous. Yeah, it was definitely out of spite to doctor his resume, which he did in the previous episode, and take this job. Yeah. Now we're back at the Cobra Kai dojo. The gym is full, and Johnny calls Eli Lip. Yeah. And Dimitri interrupts. Yeah. What does he say? Well, he's just defending him. And Miguel's like, oh, you know. Yeah, Miguel's like, don't, <laughs> Not a don't, good idea. don't defend. And but Johnny explains that people have to rise up. Dimitri continues. So Johnny not challenges him, but calls Dimitri out and asks him to hit him. Yeah. And essentially embarrasses Dimitri in front of everyone. Yeah, he knocks him on the ground. Knocks does he sweep his ground. leg? Is that what he does? I don't think he swept his leg, but just knocks him down, overpowers him. Yeah. Just to test him a little bit. Yeah. And Dimitri, who's barely vested in this venture of becoming a Cobra Kai, tears out of the studio. Yeah. He's He's gone. He's gone. So now we're back at school, and Miguel is trying to talk Dimitri out of quitting. Yeah. And Dimitri says something like, what do we need to take karate for? We have you. Yeah, exactly. And then Kyler comes around at that moment. Right. Sees Miguel and Dimitri, and then turns the other way. And then Dimitri says, see, I don't need to take karate when I got you here. Exactly. Which is kind of cool to see Kyler back away, doesn't want to re-engage at all, and he's bested the bully. I really wanted that to be the end of Kyler, but we'll see what happens. So now we're at LaRusso Auto, and Robbie's working away, and kind of a working montage ensues. Yeah, he's doing all kinds of tasks. He's delivering parts to the mechanics. He's setting up the coffee. Just whatever needs to get done, he's all over the place. And I'm assuming he's skipping school still because he's already told them he's graduated and it's a school day. Well, because you remember in that initial interview with Amanda, 
she says something like, oh, why aren't you in college or something like that? He's like, oh, I need to yeah, take a year off. Yeah, yeah. Where does Robbie go to school? I do not know. I don't know if it's this school that everyone else goes to or somewhere else because we've never seen Robbie in school. At this point, I'm just kind of thinking Robbie is either expelled or just dropped out, maybe. Well, remember those other episodes? They're calling looking for him. Hmm. But anyway, he's working. He's actually doing a good job. Yeah. He wants to See, this is where I start to think I don't really know what exactly is happening because it seems like he's getting into his work. Right. Maybe he's going to make a turn. He's going to get his paycheck and, you know, he's going to take a different path, maybe away from his hoodlum friends. Hopefully. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking at this moment. I don't know what to make of it. So Daniel asked Anoush, one of his top sales guys, to practice karate. His fourth person, Yeah, he's asked. And there's a whole funny sequence here. Anoush declines, but he's like, are you asking me as a friend or as an employer? Yeah, And so he's going to back out either way. And he also makes a funny reference to how his weeknights are completely full because of this new South Asian dating app. Yeah, so we know that one of Daniel's employees is all over this dating app. He's too busy dating women to be messing around with karate with his boss. Yeah, he didn't have time. So Daniel accepts that and walks away defeated yet again. And now Anoush and Louis, Louis being Daniel's cousin, yes. who works at the dealership, they're teasing Robbie. You know, it's a new guy. It's innocent. And Louis tells him he's got to move one of the inside show vehicles because that's what Daniel wants. Daniel likes to rotate the stock. So why don't you take this Porsche yeah. and move it over there? Exactly. So now we're in science class and Samantha is made fun of with the blow pop. This thing won't end. And no. Dimitri says, get it, blow pop. She does blow jobs. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And Samantha's taking it in stride. Whatever. She needs a lab partner. Hers is out sick. And she joins Miguel and Dimitri. Yeah. So she becomes their third lab partner. They're going to operate on pig embryos, I think it is. That's right. It was pretty gross, actually. Yeah. That's pretty gross. There was an interesting moment. And I don't know if you caught this or not. And I didn't catch it my first watch. But when I watched it for this episode, I saw it. When Samantha comes over to join them, she sort of inadvertently bumps Demetrius. Yes, yes. And then he's smelling his arm. And yeah. I thought, is it just his first encounter with a girl? I actually did notice that. I've watched the episode twice. First time I didn't notice that. Second time I did notice that. And I guess he's never had a girl that close to him. So now we're back at LaRusso Auto and Robbie is in the showroom and what happens? He takes the bait by Louis gets in the Porsche, turns it on, revs it up in the middle of a busy showroom. Super loud. Yeah. <laughs> and then Daniel LaRusso runs out. Yes. Hey, hey, what the hell is going on here? Right. Robbie gets pissed, walks out. Well, he's embarrassed. Out. Robbie's super embarrassed. Robbie's embarrassed. Yes. But much like Daniel and much like Johnny, he's got a hot temper. Yeah. And he runs off to quit. Mm -hmm. Sure. He walks out and then Daniel chases him outside. Yeah. Because he realizes that Louie put him up to it. Mm-hmm. And he's young and he's a hard worker. And so he wants to make sure he doesn't just leave and he wants to retain him. Yes. There's a nice little bonding moment outside with Daniel LaRusso and Robbie. I like when Daniel catches Robbie. His first instinct is to put up his dukes. Yeah. And he notices that when he puts his hands up to protect himself, because he doesn't know who's behind him, he has his thumbs inside of his fingers. Oh, is that what I didn't and notice? Daniel that. says, you punch like that, you're going to hurt your finger, break your thumb. And shows him how to punch. Yeah. And I think right then and there, Daniel saw that maybe there's someone I could practice karate with. Yeah. Maybe. But he doesn't ask him right now. Yeah. But interesting moment that Daniel LaRusso is giving tutelage in karate to Johnny's son. Who he doesn't know it's Johnny's son. He doesn't know it. Oh. There's so many twists and turns. Uh. 
So now we're back in science class, and Sam is thanking Miguel for standing up for her. This is, I think, the first official bonding moment between the two of them, is it? Yeah. Other than just eye contact here yeah. and there. But it was Miguel that stood up for her that yes. also had his own demons to deal with, yes. with Kyler. But that was the moment, was standing up for her honor. And I like that she says that he threw a nice roundhouse kick, mm-hmm. but he telegraphed the sweep. Yeah. So she actually gives him some instruction on his martial arts. And he's impressed. Like, wow, she actually mm-hmm. knows more than he does at this yeah. point in time. At this moment, he doesn't know who she is. Or who she's the daughter of? Does he know? He doesn't even know who Daniel is. Yeah. He doesn't know Daniel. He's impressed that there's this girl that knows about karate. Yeah. And technically more than him. Yeah. So he doesn't know the entanglement of the LaRusso Lawrence. No. He has not seen Karate Kid. (laughs) All right. Cut to the Cobra Kai dojo. And now the class has decreased in size. Yeah. People are quitting. They don't like Johnny's methods. They don't like him insulting them. And so then Johnny says lip and eli tries to stand up for himself like don't call me that you know underneath his breath almost he says can we change the subject can we change the subject and then he mentions he might be in the spectrum and what does johnny say to that johnny says uh i don't know what that is but get off that pronto (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm not laughing at people on the spectrum i just love how johnny just his way in the world that was a pretty funny scene i don't know what that is but get off it pronto yeah where has johnny been the last yeah, we've talked years. about this. He's like Encino Man. He has been frozen for 30 years. But this is where we learn the term flip the script in this episode, yes, which will reveal itself again later. But remember that, flip the script. So Johnny says it right now. He tells Eli, if you want to change the story, flip the script. Yeah. You want to be sad and sorry about yourself, fine. Then you're going to get picked on. Yeah. You got to take control of the story and control the narrative. Yeah, so much is, is not just teaching these kids how to fight. It's teaching them how to stand up for themselves and how to make your way in the world and how not to be a target for bullies. Right. So it's not just about how to throw a punch. It's about getting the right mindset. Remember, he says, if you want to be tough on the outside, you got to be tough on the inside. Yep. So he's trying to grow these kids is what he's doing. So ultimately, that scene ends with Eli walking out, just like Dimitri had. Yeah. You just figure, well, that's it. Another student gone. Miguel sees the writing on the wall. And just ask his sensei, Johnny, to be a little more understanding. It's a different time. Kids are more sensitive. He's got a bunch of geeks and misfits and people in the class. Sure, some so. of these losers are my friends. Maybe I'm a loser. And then he says something to Johnny like, you don't know what it's like to be like us. Right. And we learn that Johnny does, actually. Exactly. Now we're back at LaRusso Auto. And Louie apologizes to Robbie with Amanda there as well. Obviously, they had a talk. And Louie's on coffee cleanup duty. Yeah, he was demoted for the day. Demoted for the day to clean up things that Robbie would typically handle. And Amanda gives Robbie his new shirt with his name on it. Yeah, so he's officially part of the LaRusso team now. And so Louie wants to make further amends. And he tells Robbie if he wants to get in better with Daniel to take him the daily report. Daniel likes an old school copy, hand copy taken to his home every night. Yeah. And says, it's on my desk. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But if you want it, it's there for you. At this point, I think Louie's being genuine with him. What do you think? Sure. He says, I'm trying to make amends is what he said. Exactly. So Robbie accepts the challenge. He's going to run the report to the LaRusso house. And maybe further bond him with Daniel. They get along very well in the parking lot. Yeah. No harm can come out of this. 
So now it's kind of a cute moment. Miguel sends Sam a funny video and they begin to chat online. Like a little cute pig. Exactly. Because remember in science class, they were dissecting the pig. Right. So Miguel sends a cute little pig, but with his voice like, why'd you cut me open? I could have been bacon. You know, like a real cute moment. And then Samantha laughs. And I could see these two getting along. They're both very sweet characters. Yeah. You know, he's not Kyler. No. So I think it's really cool that they're kind of bonding. And now Johnny's back at his apartment drinking Coors, no less. And he does like its old school bottle top flip. Yeah. I've seen guys do it. I was never able to do that. I was never so much when I was young into beer that much. When I would go to parties in high school, a lot of guys would be drinking beers and my friend and I would be smoking weed. Okay. So we were more weed people, but I would see the guys do that flipping of the beer thing. Oh, I could do flipping of the cans. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. So you were smoking weed when it was illegal? Oh, yeah. Well, the interesting thing was when we were in high school smoking weed, this was right before Cypress Hill came out. So we had a group of friends and they would laugh at Albert and I, ha ha, potheads, stoners, we're drinking beer. After Cypress Hill came out, all these friends that used to rib us about smoking weed, they're all smoking weed now. And I'm like, oh, now you like weed because of Cypress Hill. Okay, well, I've been smoking weed since I was And that's like when they kicked you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I used to see guys do that beer bottle yeah. thing. I never did Yeah, that. I love seeing it in the episode. It was pretty funny. It's such a throwback. In fact, I'm surprised he doesn't have the original hairstyle. Yeah, that's true. They should bring back the feathered hair for him. <laughs> and then what does Johnny pick up from the box that he tried to go sell at the pawn shop? Oh, the Walkman with the cassette. And going back to the original scene in the episode... That is the Walkman that he used to listen to when he was on his bicycle, first discovering Cobra Kai. And as soon as he picked it up, he goes back in time to young Johnny at the dinner table with a very young mother, by the way, a very, very attractive yes. mother and older stepfather. He's talking jazz about, oh, you want to be the next Bruce Lee? He says, first it was a drum set, and it was roller skates, and it was a magic kit. You wanted to be the next Doug Henning. Yes. And so you could tell that Johnny was trying to find his thing. But they signed off on him getting in karate. The mother was supportive at the table. She seems like a decent woman, supportive right. of her son. Yes. Might have just married this guy for the lifestyle that he can provide for her and her son. exactly that. Yeah. She seems like a devoted mother. And you can tell from that moment as well that Kreese became his father figure. Yes. That's he, where you see that he has no father figure. No. So Kreese would be the closest thing to a father figure. Exactly. Basically, you see his stepdad's a mean guy. He does say something about Lorimar. Remember that? He says, oh, I had to tell him who was in charge of Lorimar. Wasn't that an old studio or something? Yeah, maybe. So I think they alluded to his stepdad, played by Ed Asner, was some studio head at some point. We have to get Ed Asner on this podcast. <laughs> All right. So now Robbie is delivering the report to Daniel. And no one answers the door. So a little bit of trespassing. He just walks around the property, yeah. around the house. He's in the backyard. Doesn't know if there's dogs or what have you. But he stumbles across Daniel and his dojo. Yeah, he's doing would be the katas, yes. right? So Daniel is there. Robbie, delivering this sales report, stumbles upon him. Right. It's kind of funny when he first walks up because... He sees him in a reflection of something on the wall, yeah. but Robbie thinks he's just picked up on his energy. Yeah, he's he said, like, Robbie? He said, did you sense me? Because <laughs> Daniel's facing the other way. He's like, no, I saw you in the reflection. What's so. so funny is, you know, if the tables were turned and that were Johnny in that instance, and then he'd yeah. say, did you sense me? Johnny might say like, yeah, yeah, I sensed you here. <laughs> you could tell Johnny probably would have like went with it. Yeah, of course. So Daniel takes the report from Robbie 
And Daniel immediately knows that Louis put him up to this because what do we find inside this manila envelope? Yeah, it's like some girly magazine. Not just some girly magazine. I believe it was a Velvet Vixens. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar Whatever with that. Whatever that is. I wrote it down from the <laughs> screenshot. Okay, so that's not a real magazine then. I don't know if it's a real magazine. It looks like a real magazine, but I just saw it from the episode. So okay, so know. we learned then that Louis has gotten Robbie now twice. Yeah, and I'm assuming this came from Louis's collection. He's probably <laughs> into Velvet Vixens. Daniel's not upset with Robbie in any way. He knows that he was put up to this. But now he's in a dojo. And Robbie shows interest in what Daniel was studying because he'd never seen karate that way. It almost looks like Tai Chi. A exactly. Bit. Yeah, it's kind of soft and gentle. So Robbie shows an interest and then Daniel asks him if he wants to join him. Yeah, he says, you want to stick around and learn a few things. And he finally got his yes. The person to say yes to Daniel's tutelage, Johnny's son. Who knew? Wow. So back at Cobra Kai Studios, a few more students have quit. Yeah. It's dwindling. There's still a few students. There's probably 10 students, but it was jam-packed initially anyway. Yeah. It was probably never going to last. Sure. He's got a good balance. He's got more than Miguel, and Johnny's going around and still doing his drill sergeant-esque way of teaching. I like when he says, I used to be the weird kid, and he points at the small student in the yeah. class, and he says, well, not that weird. I still hooked up with babes. <laughs> he almost needs like a action figure you can pull a string and you get some of Johnny's best quotes. That would be good. So I love that. He's going around. And as he does this, who enters the dojo? All of a sudden, we see a kid with a mohawk walk in. You don't know who this is at first. And not just any mohawk. This is like a colorful, super tall mohawk. For those of you who were fans of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, if you remember the British guy, Dan Hardy. Dan Hardy in the UFC first entered in with his huge mohawk. Now he does commentating. He's got a regular hairstyle. But when Dan Hardy was fighting in the UFC, he had this huge mohawk. Now, don't think of Chuck Liddell's mohawk. This was a tall mohawk. And this is exactly what this kid had when he walks in. He has this huge mohawk. You're like, who is this kid? And we learn. It's Eli. It's Eli. Lip. And immediately, Johnny's impressed. And Eli says, I flipped the script. And Johnny gives him a nickname. Hawk. Which is perfect. I love that moment. When he walks in, we learn who that is. I was like, yes. But it wasn't just the mohawk. He doesn't even carry himself the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He looks so confident. Yeah. He's he, got a different demeanor about he, him. His energy. It's like you almost think he's already a full-fledged Cobra Kai. Yeah. And then Johnny says, join us. And he kicks off his vans and yeah. he walks over and we're in. Johnny has a devoted team now. Yeah. Of wannabe Cobra Kais. Cobra Kai is forming. So when you saw that scene, Sal, did you get kied out? I was totally cut out because we see Aisha responding to him. We see Miguel responding to him. And I'm like, oh, we're seeing Eli with his mohawk. I'm like, it's coming together, man. I'm totally cut out. I knew you would be. That concludes episode six. That leaves four episodes left for season one. Yeah. And there's so much to happen over the next four episodes. Because we're dealing with 10 episodes per season. Correct. Because some TV shows have like 22 episodes in yeah, a season. Yeah, this is locked to 10. Okay, which is, I think, manageable and reasonable. Again, I've seen the entire season one, but I do not divulge anything to Sal beforehand. No, no he does not spoil. Alerts. No, Jason no. does not spoil anything for me. I am taking these shows and these podcasts episode by episode. So I am right here along with you, our listeners. I don't know what's going to happen in episode seven. 
Hey, I'm with you listeners as well. So <laughs> I went through the first season and the second season, and now it's kind of fun to go back and watch these and just do notes because I'm reliving them a second time. Yeah. But I love it so much. That's what spawned the idea for this podcast. Thank you for joining us. Please rate us, subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast. And anything else, Dad? No mercy. There you go. All right. Thank you so much.